Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next half hour or so we're going to be talking as usual about all things food and drink. I'm not joined by my fellow presenter Ollie Lloyd of Great British Chefs today uh, because I'm wandering around the um, Takeaway Innovation Show. Actually there's loads of shows that are around it as well but that's the biggest um, um, section of the exhibition right in the middle of um, Excel. Um, I had three particularly interesting um, guests that I want to uh, let you know about in this programme today. Um, First of all, um, I spoke to Tracy Murphy. Now, they've made the most amazing takeaway cup range, uh, which looks beautiful, beautiful stainless steel. Um, People kept stealing what they were doing, so they're so amazing. So it'd be great to talk to Tracy. Uh, Then if you want to know about Fatbergs, oh my God, they're disgusting. Uh, Mark James is going to tell us all about what Fatbergs are and how you get rid of them. And then something I really, I'm quite passionate about, and I really want to buy one of these, and um, that's uh, Joe Formisano, who who is of Della De Vita, and they make uh, great a- outdoor ovens uh, in their lovely base uh, in Yorkshire. Let's hear what they've got to say. And it's the first day of restaurants and uh, takeaway innovation. And I've, I've just walked straight through the um, entrance. And the first stand that I've come to looks absolutely beautiful. Like, it's gorgeous. It's definitely the best um, placed stand, I think. And it's the stand of the, uh, of the brand, I would call it W10. And it's got the most beautiful stainless steel, brushed matte black um, and, and coppery coloured stainless steel um what would you call them uh takeaway stuff yes. is that Take right takeaway stuff so i'm with tracy murphy who's the creative director if you're the creative director tracy does that mean you've designed this stuff it does indeed <laughs> you should be very proud it looks really funky thank you and what's your background are you actually a product designer sort of i was a buyer for john lewis partnership for 17 years um so it's always been product related i worked in the art department so that's my background for 10 years and i just love innovation and creating new ideas and product and design so the, the, this particular sector in terms of all of a sudden and, and i think some of the big companies are quite slow to follow um is uh, people are saying i don't want plastic anymore thank you very much I, I, I maybe have two or three takeouts of coffee or tea you know, a day. I, I want somebody to help me with that. Now, are you responding to, to that sort of consumer drive? Yes. Um, the idea behind the collapsible cup is the fact that people can reuse and reuse and reuse again. So you know, the paper cup is a disposable cup and it's got the plastic liner so it cannot be recycled or it's very difficult to be recycled. So we believe that just the reusability factor gives it a more of an eco message. And people are changing their habits, just like the paper bag. And we believe that somebody should have basically a cup for life. So if you want to use takeaway, you know you have your own cup. And it's the same with the single-use water bottles, isn't it? Um, I mean, you see lots of people carrying, you know, um, a, a bottle of water with them. And I think now people are thinking, actually, that's probably socially unacceptable, um, unless I keep taking it home and filling it up again, um, which is quite difficult. These, again, water bottles, uh, it's following the same trend. Indeed. And as you see here, even the Excel Centre, they have you know, refillable free water. So if people have their own bottles, they can fill up 
So it's staying hydrated, being eco-friendly and having your stainless steel bottle. And how are these um, big uh, chains going to react to this? Because because it is quite it's quite difficult when you're so huge. You know, if you take something like Starbucks or whatever, you know, that then say right, well we're we're going to change the way we do things. Um, how are they going to adapt where people actually will bring their own, you know, their own cup or whatever? Are you, are you seeing that they want to do that, but they're, they're not quite sure how? Or wh- where are they at the moment? They are adapting, and they are actually giving you a discount if you bring your own cup in. So they're responding very quickly. They have to. Um, they also have a range of merchandise that they're offering for people to buy, and I guess there's lots of promo activity. You know, if you buy X amount of drinks, you get a, you know, discount off a reusable cup. Now, um, I, I'm not a great fan of carrying these, these sort of reusable cups around because um, I haven't got much room in my bag, frankly. I haven't got enough room for the stuff I've got. And, and, and taking a, a normal-sized cup is, is it's quite big. And also, it might have a little bit of old coffee left in there. And I'm not sure I want that in my bag. Your response to that are these beautiful, and they're stainless steel, so they're not, they're not sort of plasticky, stainless steel collapsible cups. How long has it taken for you to design these? It's a double-walled cup as well, so it's actually insulated, so you can hold hot, hot drinks. And it came around from the age-old problem, what do I do? I don't want to carry a large travel mug around. Um, we, about three years now in the making, uh, worked with a marine engineer to create the complex locking mechanism inside the cup. So it's got a BPA plastic liner and then a stainless steel outer which is a far more comfortable vessel to drink from and i'm presumably working with a marine engineer because they're used to using those metal types of materials yes uh, we searched around for the right type of engineer i had the design but i needed to know how to make it you know totally watertight well, and also um, how I mean, it, it's, it could be produced i mean you've got to mass produce these so that's not that's not simple either no that hasn't been simple at all so it's taken us quite a while in fact uh, searching around for the right partner the right factory uh, and it hasn't you know it it's been very complex a lot of people have tried it unsuccessfully but finally we found the you've cracked it we've cracked it we found the right partner to work with us on it now, I know, I know these are incredibly desirable and amazing to look at because since you've been here and you've only, we've only on, what are we, we're only sort of like halfway through the first day, quite a few people have stolen some. Have I got that right? Yes. That's, that's really mean, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's because they're so desirable. No, they're disappearing in front of our eyes, uh, which is obviously they are desirable, but, you know, I'm, you know I will have a, a, sta- a, a, a sign designed to say, touch me, but don't take me. Yeah. Think you need to um, and uh, uh, when are these going to be available because I know I know um, I think that they're not quite available yet you're going to launch uh, probably in the new year um, and is that for um, coffee shops and, and for people you know business to business in the sector or will you be launching that to consumers as well initially business to business we are thinking about doing to the consumer through the links of Amazon and something like that um, not yet finalized but it will be the new year that it launches well, they are absolutely beautiful. Congratulations on, on cracking the design, which I can imagine is very, very difficult. Um, if you go on to foodtalk.co.uk, um, we're going to make sure there's loads of pictures up there because it's something you've got to be seen to be believed. Um, and I can't wait till they're, uh, they're going to be launched because certainly I'm going to be somebody who's going to buy one because I just want to look trendy. That's, that's you know, which, which I don't normally do, Tracy. <laughs> Nor do I. <laughs> that's okay. That's both of us then. Um, and uh, the website, where can we go to have a look? www.w10.co and that's the number 10
number 10 and we'll make sure there's links from the website thank you so much for joining me and good luck with the launch and i hope nobody else pinches any thank you me too (laughs) so i'm at restaurant and bar live and i've been wandering around looking at all sorts of innovation uh, in the exhibition there's loads and loads of stuff here uh, very very interesting and i've come across mark james and mark is one of the owners of fog check and the reason why I've stopped at his stand is he has a sort of glass cube, which I'd say was about 60 centimetres square. And inside that is like a, dis- well, it looks disgusting. I would say if, if, if you're very kind, you might say it looks like an enormous truffle. But actually, it isn't anything like that at all. Mark, what am I looking at at the moment? What you're looking at there is, um, is a fat bug thought it was a fat bug oh god i've never seen one before it's horrible yeah well, it, th- these these are fresh out of the sewers uh, kindly provided by two water companies um, and the idea is is to draw attention to the fact that uh, sewers across the country are clogging up with fat bugs that look and smell like this so thankfully you've put it in a glass cube so that we can't smell it how, how did your guys get it here do, do you does it really smell bad Yes, um, it was it, say it was provided to us by the water companies, which uh, so we had to collect them from the, the sewer. So what did you do? Just turn turn up the Sainsbury's carrier bag or something? Uh, sort of. Uh, one of our engineers uh, was suitably equipped with uh, PPE and uh, uh, containment and boxes and bags and so on, and it was gently placed into its uh, receptacle and transported to the show. And and what does it? dare I ask does it actually smell like can you can you liken it to anything or not um, it smells like a overflowing sewer so it smells of it definitely smells of um, effluent shall we say yes okay so I'm just going to describe it we've got two sort of big huge blobs um, which almost look like lava actually and they're sort of grey and slightly brown and, and, and sort of black and and Presumably, this is made up of anything that people think they can just chuck down the sink, and because they don't see it anymore, it's out of sight and out of mind. But actually, this stuff does collect. So, so what does it, you know, what is it made up of? And can you like try not to use swear words if that's at all possible? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the, the 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 purpose of attending this show is to is to um, to talk to the principal causes or the people that are the principal causes of fatbergs, which is the restaurant and hospitality sector. So commercial kitchens, whilst they have uh, they have measures in place to, to prevent it happening, something's going wrong because if uh, what they were using to be compliant and not discharge uh, fat, oil and grease into a sewer, we wouldn't be looking at fatbergs. Um, the, the makeup of the fatberg is fat, oil and grease. So that's the principal stuff, thank goodness for that. I thought it might have worse things in there. But essentially, when people are preparing food, or, or particularly in a restaurant, Anything that, that at the time is liquid, you know, or semi-liquid, they're shoving it down the sink. But that doesn't mean to say it stays liquid, does it? Yeah, w- what's happening in professional and commercial kitchens is that, that I mean, there, are, uh, there is equipment installed in kitchens, but there's a big question mark as to how effective that equipment is as to, pre- to, uh, to prevent fat or and grease entering the drains. Um, there are also uh, fat digesters which uh, caterers use and it's our contention that fat digesters uh, that have been available to the hospitality sector for years don't work and what they've succeeded in doing in our opinion is emulsifying 
the fat oil and grease which allows it to flow further down into the sewer and then form a fatberg. So what they're doing is, in your view, the current uh, sort of technology is, is actually all it's doing is shoving the problem further along the line, uh, uh, in, you know, in some respects. So it's actually just going further down the drain, but actually you're not getting rid of the problem, you're just, you're just geographically moving it further away. Yes, uh, the, the, that's exactly it, and it's, it's, it's a real nightmare for the water companies because the discharge of fat oil or grease from, from multiple restaurants and takeaways and so on, that can cause a blockage in uh, 150 metres away and then to, to trace back the source and origins of that fat oil and grease is quite difficult for uh, for the water company then to go and uh, investigate and, and, and enforce the uh, the regulations on whoever is discharging the fat oil and grease. So so it's um, it's illegal to do that in, in essence and, and, and so restaurants and takeaways do have uh, a legal responsibility not to do that. Is that, is that correct? Is that what you're saying? I didn't realise that. Hmm. Yes, it, I, the the regulations state that you should not uh, place anything into a sewer that would interfere with the free flow of its contents. Um, it's enforceable. It can. It, it's 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 an offence. Uh, water companies can recover their costs for un, uh, blockages and floods, and you, uh, companies can face prosecution. So, in essence, the, the, the water companies are, are acting as detectives, really. So, so they might get some horrible blob of something that consistently comes from somewhere. And then what they do is try and, and trace it back so, so they can stop that person or that, that, that uh, company from doing it. I think what the water companies are, are starting to do now is increase the level of enforcement. Uh, they are visiting more and more restaurants and, and, and food kitchens. And they, they're tackling the problem at source. They're trying to improve the technology that's available to kitchens to prevent the, the fog entering the system in, in the first instance. Which makes much more sense, doesn't it? Now, you're, you've set up your company because you're, you know, you're a bit of a, a fatberg, <laughs> what, what would I say, evangelist, in, in, in terms of trying to get rid of them, trying to help the water companies. And, and uh, your company's come up with some technology that, that can really help. Yeah, I think the, the, there's two parts to our, um, our, our system. One is the natural technology. We have a very unique... Uh, safe bacteria that will digest this fatberg. Um, there are other products called fat digesters and it's our opinion that none of them work, they just emulsify the fat. But we have a, uh, a bacteria that's say 100% safe, ecologically friendly and it will digest fat oil and grease. It likes living on fat oil and grease. I know some people like that actually. It, 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 it does. One of its, one of its attributes is, is that it will stick to the fat oil and grease and it will colonise, multiply and feed. Uh, and it's entirely safe. But the, the, the whole concept behind fog check is that in order for that to be effective, that bacteria has to be delivered to those places where there is a fat oil and grease problem. So fog check, uh, as, as a business, has designed a service contract that is designed for each restaurant or each commercial kitchen. Uh, and it's monitored uh, at our contact centre and we can see and monitor what fat oil and grease is going where and how much bacteria we need to use to, to prevent it forming. Because, because if you're an owner of, of, of um, you know, a restaurant or takeaway business, it may be that you're very committed not to have stuff going down the drain, but this is about human behaviour and you getting your staff to do what you want them to do. So I guess what you're saying is this allows the owner or, or whoever's managing uh, the, the outlet to actually see what is happening at, and, and in real time, I'm thinking. Yeah. The, 
you're spot on because the, the the hospitality sector has a high turnover of staff. Staff awareness of uh, good practice in terms of fat oil increases is is, um, is is very sketchy, um, and also the the. There is bad practice out there. There are kitchens pouring oil, waste cooking oil, down the sink, which they shouldn't do. Um, so, th- what the fob check system does, it, it takes away uh, the need for staff intervention. Uh, it looks after all of the all of the fog management, and um, uh, in return for that, we, in, in in many ways, certify or verify that that restaurant is compliant with no fat oil and grease. So, if uh, there is an incident we can verify that it hasn't come from that restaurant. They're clear. So I've got a little monitor in front of me here. Um, we've, we've got uh, three graphs that, that uh, are going in front of me. One says odour. So it says odour, uh, fat oil and grease level, 497. Is that a bad or good? Um, it, it, it's, it's actually made up. Ah, oh, I'm really disappointed now. I, th- I thought you were measuring this fatberg in terms of how smelly it was. No, no, it's it, it's entirely to draw attention to the fatberg, and we've had lots of visitors actually think that the fatberg is alive with a heartbeat, um, and we've had to disappoint them and say, no, it's not, but thank you for taking an interest in the fatberg. But, but in essence, what, what, what your system's doing is you, you can um, show exactly whether it's smelly, how toxic it is, you know, and, and how much fat oil and grease there is. And, and that's um, invaluable, isn't it, for, for the owner? Yeah, the analysis of the fat oil and grease, it, it's actually measured in milligrams per litre. So we work out how much fat per milligrams in litres. Well, Mark, thank you very much. I've, I've learned a lot about fatbergs, which I didn't know before, and I certainly haven't seen one before, and I'm so glad it's encased in glass because I definitely don't want to smell it. Um, where can people go if, if, if they you know, own a restaurant or, or in the takeaway business and are quite interested in this system? Where can they go? We've got a website. Yeah, it's www.fobject.com. Um, uh, or they can actually talk to a company called Auditel for special advice. Um, as Auditel look after restaurant and hospitality clients and Auditel are one of our partners who are very experienced now in looking at the, the hidden costs of fatbergs because uh, from the research that we've done a, a lot of restaurant owners don't realize that they are unnecessarily spending money on treatments that don't work uh, and they are still discharging even though they're paying for those treatments and that exposes them to risk so they, they, they're, they're having to, to pay the cost and still carry the risk. So, so what you're saying is actually this is almost cost neutral because, because in effect it's, it's actually going to save you money if you put the system in. And also if, if the water companies are uh, trawling around looking for somebody to prosecute because obviously they have to deal with all this awful stuff, that, that you can prove that you're absolutely clear. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's great. Thank you so much, Mark. Um, that's going to stay in my memory for a little while, that picture. <laughs> Mark James, the check. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. So I'm wandering around and I'm with Joe Formisano, which I believe I've um, pronounced correctly. And you know how useless I am at pronouncing names, but I've got it right this time. And uh, Joe is managing director and he owns Della Vita. So you have to try and guess what Della Vita is. It's got a sort of Italian feel to it. But what I'm looking at is made in Yorkshire. What is it that I'm looking at, Joe? So you're looking at a wood-fired oven. So, um, so what happens, everyone who's familiar with wood-fired ovens, know that normally they take about 
two to three hours to get to temperature, consume a lot of wood. Blimmin' heavy as well. They weigh several tonnes. They're pretty ugly as well. And because we don't live in Italy or France or, or Spain, they end up cracking after 18 months. So what we've done is we've developed an oven which is fiberglass on the outside, but still clay on the inside. So when I'm looking inside, it looks like a normal um, uh, bread oven or pizza oven, where you've got those lovely sort of tiles, and that's where, and that's the material you need, isn't it? But actually, on the outside, it'll crack unless it's protected. It's the inside is what cracks. The humidity goes into it. So the fiberglass is protecting the humidity going inside the clay. Um, but the benefit is it only takes 25 minutes to get to 450 degrees. So it's very quick to temperature. Pizza will take 60 to 90 seconds to cook, but you could cook a sea bass in two and a half minutes. You could do a leg lamb in 20 minutes. But being clay, it consumes very little wood, this, this oven, because it doesn't have a chimney. So you can put, place it on any surface. Hold on, I'm just going to rewind there. It doesn't have a chimney. So basically, with um, I mean, I've, I've had a, a bread oven myself, which I had to get a crane, by the way, to put it in the garden because it was too big to get through the garage. And I didn't realise that. Getting the crane costs more than the bread oven. But anyway, um, so, so if I describe it, it, it's like a it's like a sort of it's round, but obviously you've got a sort of semicircular um, opening at the beginning where you you, you know you put the, the, the food in and then you put the wood right at the back, don't you? And, and, and then the wood gets really, really hot. Where does the smoke go then? So this oven will only consume three to four pieces of uh, wood based on a family of four over a period of time. And it's very much down to the quality of your wood. If your wood is a hardwood, something like an ash or a beech, and has a, has a, a humidity count of less than 10%, you don't find it smokes much. Um, but because there's no chimney, we're starving of air. So this oven is reaching 600 degrees within half an hour because it's not losing the extra 120 degrees which it would through a chimney. So where does the smoke go then? It comes back out the opening. There's very little smoke coming out of the oven because of that humidity count. But then the other great factor about the oven is once the flame goes out, it retains the heat for two and a half hours. So I can I put a little casserole in there or something? You can do a casserole or you could even smoke a salmon in something like four minutes. But what's really clever about the oven is it only weighs 30 kilos. So it's lightweight, it's portable, but it's also a tabletop oven. So you could, the benefit of not having chimneys, you can put it underneath a recessed area and not have to worry about where the smoke goes. I, I couldn't have that indoors though, that's not, not sensible, but, but I could if I had like a veranda or, or you know, something an outside. Yeah, an outdoor so it worked perfectly with an outdoor kitchen, but then I could actually place it in the middle of my table outside. So what this has become is a social gathering. So you sit round as a family and friends and you cook together. What a great idea. So, so that could go in the middle of the table and, and, and then people can make their own pizzas and put them in and it becomes incredibly sociable. Absolutely. And what we've also done is we've tried to, move, we've tried to help the consumer. We actually manufacture our own vegan dough and we actually ship it to your home and, we, and, and you can actually freeze it for 12 months. You've got gluten-free and all sorts, haven't you? We've got gluten-free, we've got turmeric, we've got spirulina, we've got sour... Um, charcoal activated so what we've tried to do is we want people to learn how to hand stretch pizzas we want people to sit around tables get rid of those mobile phones and actually enjoy themselves eating absolutely right now now the thing is i I have had one of these uh, a while ago you have to relearn how to cook uh, completely because you know we're so used to just switching on an oven and it's 180 or whatever 
Um, this isn't about that. You have to work out the temperature. You have to work out where to put something. And you start to learn to cook by eye, in my opinion. Absolutely correct. Um, this is a bit like an agar. You have to learn gradually on how to use it. So it's, it, it, it's very much an experiment, experiential kind of environment. But you're learning and, and doing and experimenting different things. We've created a cookery book to try and help that. But, but actually it wasn't from us. It was two chefs who complimented us by doing one for our ovens. But um, it, it's just about having fun. And we, we turned our agar off back in May. And this is all we cook on. I'm, so, I'm just. I'm gonna. Have to, I'm gonna have to see one of your sales guys in a minute because I'm really sorry. I'm gonna have to leave with 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 buying one. Um, how much do these sorts of things cost? I know you've got different sizes. Well, um, the oven retails at one thousand two hundred pounds, um, but the oven actually has a. The frontage is a three one six marine stainless steel, which avoid which stops from rusting. So we have so much confidence that we have a catering business. So we actually franchise our, our concept out. So we have one in the back of a smart car. We have one in, on a bike. And, and one of them will actually produce 40 pizza an hour. Because we've got so much confidence that when we actually use it, we actually give a five-year warranty on our ovens. Um, so so it, you're getting something which you can trust and, and stand behind. My personal opinion is it's, it's better than a, than a barbecue, I have to say. Because the taste, I think, that the... There's something about wood and, and the sort of, you know, the, the, the sort of, I don't know, just the smell of it. And you can play around with what wood you have as well. really affects the food in a great way. Completely. I think it's actually healthier. Um, one, it's quicker to get to temperature, but you're also flash cooking. So if you think I can cook some uh, Chateaubriand in six minutes or a leg of lamb in 20 and while it's resting, I can cook everything else. The benefits are that you keep, you're maintaining all the nutrients. So if you're doing veg you're flash cooking it so all the nutrients within the veg is actually maintained so I think it's healthier. Very good indeed and 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 just uh, very quickly about your lovely factory in Yorkshire you've got people locally who are making this stuff so this is a British product I know it's called Della Vita uh, but a British product that you're trying to get people to eat outside in that very Italian family way that we see on the on the films and whatever but but these are people working in Yorkshire and and uh, how many people have you got there doing this amazing stuff? So we've been blessed that we've got some great partners who we work with. So everything we do is manufactured in Yorkshire. So the ovens are actually manufactured by a company called Hopkins, which we're actually showcasing here as well, which make our horse boxes. Um, And then we've got great, great carpenters who are doing our accessories, which are based in Home Firth. Our handmade covers are made in Weatherby. So we've really tried to maintain everything to be produced in the UK. So it's got that, that real authentic British handmade craftsmanship. Excellent, and it feels like it too. Um, and uh, where can we go and, and find out more about it? So Della Vita, spelled D-E- D-E-L-I, and then Vita. Um, have you got a nice website we can visit? We've got a beautiful website, which is uh, www.dellavita.co.uk. Um, and within that, we have several retailers across the country which actually stock our products, um, which are nationwide, really. And you can get those delivered, of course. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll do lots of links from the Food Talk website. Um, can I go and speak to one of your guys now? Because I think I need to buy one. Of course you can. You can speak to Marco. <laughs> Joe Fomisano of Della Vita, thank you so much. Thank you. So there you have it. Uh, you've been listening to the Food Talk Show and we're syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield, as you all know. Uh, we're also available on Podbean, iTunes and the podcast app. And now we're available on Spotify too. Um, 
please, if you know of anybody doing something groundbreaking in the food sector, uh, just like Tracy Murphy, Mark James and Joe Formisano, please get in touch with me uh, via Twitter on at Food Talk Show. Or if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts, go to foodtalk.co.uk or via The Great British Chefs. Have a good week. Bye.